Welcome in for another episode of the Craig Houston Podcast. I am glad to have another conversation with someone that I already made a connection with and understand that they got a lot of information to provide. When we get into things of talking about mind state and the way that you want to grow and the way that you want to finesse your life to where it actually helps you in the long run, be a better person, be a better entrepreneur, whatever the case may be, this is a person that you want to talk to and have a full conversation with. So today I am honored to get into a conversation with my friend, Royce Kennebrew. How you doing, Royce? Real good, Craig. Thank you so much for having me here, man. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Kwanzaa, uh, Hanukkah, what have you, whatever you, whatever your uh, particular holiday is, man. Have a happy one. Hey, I appreciate it. It was a good holidays, and I'm looking forward to the new year and really getting off the ground running uh, yes, with real estate and things of that nature. But we're here to talk about some of the things that you got going on today, and I look forward to this conversation. Uh, just tell the audience about yourself a bit. Well, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, um, graduated from uh, Detroit Public Schools, went off to the University of Iowa, got a degree in English. I also majored in Africana Studies, came back home, got a master's degree in education, taught for several years, fourth, uh, fifth, seventh, eighth grades, was the dean of students of a middle school, assistant principal, athletic director, of a high school and I coached several sports. Along with that, at the same time, um, I was and I am a uh, DEI trainer and speaker lecturer for federal agencies. So I do like your implicit bias programs. I do your uh, gender equity programs. I do your LBGTQ programs. I've done those for NASA, ATF, Department of Justice, um, I've done those for the Treasury Department, Department of the Army, Department of the Navy. And right now, what I'm working on that's so uh, really seminal to, I think, success for anyone is emotional intelligence uh, as taught to uh, school age children as social and emotional learning. But I like to tell people, Craig, that social emotional learning and emotional uh, emotional intelligence is the uh, essence and basis of all success. Hey, I'm really interested in this conversation and emotional and social intelligence. We're going to get there. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to jump right into the climax of this story right away. I just really want to just like, you know, guide the people in, let them understand more about yes, our, our situation here that we, how we connected one, we connected through a mutual friend, but mm -hmm. then two, um, listen to your rundown of everything that you have going on. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain the time and uh, accountability to do all those things? Well, I'm going to tell you, man, um, one of the things that um, public speaker Les Brown says, OQP, only quality people. One of the things that I make sure that I do is I keep people in my space and I try to stay in the space of people who are really excelling in their fields. And I'm always looking to make sure that someone who's in my area, who's in my in my personal space, that they are a, a serious entrepreneur, a business owner, or excellent some way in the field that they're at. And then the other thing, man, is I, I'm being an educator, I am a learner at heart. And so I'm always trying to continuously learn and improve myself day to day and be a better Royce Kenny Brew than I was today than I was yesterday. And man, that, that time management really, there's really no such thing as time management. I've never seen anybody say, okay, I need more minutes in an hour. You got 60 minutes in an hour, just like everybody else is 24 hours in a day. What time management actually is, is personal management. It's self-management. And so I use a lot of calendars, a lot of whiteboards, a lot of, I, I work from a list. So um, I have my days scheduled out, my week scheduled out, my month scheduled out, and I'm a visual learner. So I have this stuff on my wall in my bedroom so I can <laughs> see it every day. And I have the alerts coming on on my phone, man, so I can be really organized and maximize my time. That has become one of the things of my focus is uh, only using the time wisely as much as possible, because when the downtime is there, I want that downtime to actually be uh some that i actually you know savor that some i'm just like you know what i'm glad i have done everything because i need to accomplish today and now i can move on and just relax for the day and that's really what i've been looking forward to a lot lately so let's talk about 
This is your second book or your first book? This is my second book. Okay, this is your second book, right? Let's talk about the first book. How did you even decide that you was ready to become an author? Well, I knew that at that point in my life in 2017, I actually started on the book probably around 2015. I knew I had a friend uh, who I was visiting in London, England, and we were talking. She said, Royce, you have a story. And not many people, you know, people don't necessarily believe that they have a story that can be illuminating for other people. And I definitely wasn't thinking about that. And she said, Royce, you have a story. You should talk about your story because it could be helpful to people. You are sitting here about to lecture in London, England. Uh, you are from Detroit, Michigan. And it's not all the times that we have Americans, let alone black Americans, let alone black American men who are here in any type of business capacity. So Royce, you have a story. And so that got me to thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And then being an educator, I definitely knew that I had to create something from a perspective. And it was called the book that, uh, of the first book was called Graduate, Moving from Failure in the Hood to Success, Commencement and Beyond. And so what I wanted to do was talk to young people and to young professionals to let them know that, listen, there are things that you, you're going to come against some difficulties. You're going to come against some hard times. You're going to come against some problems. The question is, what type of attitude and what type of preparation are you going to have put in so that you could be successful even when the hard times come along? And so that's what that book was about. And uh, it was successful. But, you know, I knew that I had so many more books inside of me. So that's how I came to the second one, Craig. Wow, that's that's amazing. So like I'm you're like the probably like the third or fourth author I've had on here or in some form, whether they through entrepreneurship or any other thing that they decided to do. But it always led to them having to document their story or feel like they had something inside of them that they needed to share with the world. And so that's powerful because a lot of people don't even realize the voice that they actually have or understand the impact of their voice. And mm -hmm. like, really, how did you, under, like, I understand that someone has shared that with you that you had a story to tell, but how did you encapsulate that you, your voice was really, really needed to be heard? Well, I think that I, I, I was doing, uh, along with the DE and I space, man, I've been into the motivational speaking, the inspirational speaking part. Uh, I'm a man of faith. I'm a man who uh, grew up in the church. Uh, in the ministry. And so I knew that the spoken word had a lot of power. The written word has a lot of power and that people reading it could be inspired. And I knew that it, it didn't take um, a, as much as people think. And like I explained it to, to kids, um, they will see the two books when I go in and speak in the schools and they'll say that I have two books and say, man, you wrote a book. And then I break it down and say, can you write a letter? They say, yeah. I say, can you write a word? They say, yeah. I say, can you write a sentence? They say, yeah. And I said, last one. I know, I know it's going to be hard for some of you guys. Can you write a paragraph? And they say, yeah. I said, well, a book is just a collection of chapters, which is a collection of paragraphs, which is a collection of sentences, which is a collection of words, which is a collection of letters. And so if you manage your time correctly, everybody can write a book. Yeah, one of the guests I had on said he sat down every Sunday from for four hours and wrote yep. however many pages they, they can get done in four hours. And then they That's moved right. on and just continually doing that every week as part of their routine mm -hmm. till they actually got the book done. So mm -hmm. I, I, you're right. It's actually, you know, it's, it's really one of those things that goes back to what we started the conversation. That it's about time management and you That's actually right. wanted to finish a goal. So right. uh, as an author, and like, and I'm asking these questions, like, because I know somebody out there right now who's like, I need to write a book. They're mm -hmm. probably going to be inspired by this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I really want them to understand what is the, what, how did you goal set for this mm -hmm. writing this book? Well, for me, I recognize like your other guests that I had to set aside time um, at, at, at certain periods of the week for me to write. And I knew because what I did, I think the key to success in every area, when you decide that you have a particular goal, the first thing you know you need is information. And so what I did was is that I went into research mode and I started researching and all of the people that talked about writing the book, they said, you got to set aside a certain amount of time uh, during the week, during the month, during the day for you to write. And so I sat down as an entrepreneur uh, three hours a day, uh, every day for like five days, five to six days out of the week. 
And you'll be surprised that when you are writing your story, if this is a story that's inside of you about what you have seen, what you have done, what you have achieved and what you've learned from it, man, you will sit down for three hours and knock out 10 or 15 pages. And then if you do that 10 times, which is the equivalent of uh, less than uh, two weeks, uh, you can write 150 pages in, in two weeks, in three weeks. And then you just have to go through the revision and the editing process. But it doesn't take as long as you think when you are coming from an inner place. But if you are doing a research-based uh, book, then you're going to, uh, of course, take more time doing the research. But I knew that I just had to set the goal. I had to sit down. I had the time. And I just started, had to... I, one of the things I did, Craig, I had to think about before I put together that storyboard or that uh, book proposal in regards to what is it that I want readers to come away with. You know, it's sort of like lesson planning. And I want them to, to know what, it, what what I wanted to have uh, them come away with. And then I thought about all the stories in my life that I could talk about that would have them come out with that particular goal. And that's that's how I really went about it. Okay, that's that's amazing. So I, I get that, and I'm with that all the way through. So that makes it uh, clear for people who think that the objective of writing a book is very hard and daunting, especially when you're personally writing your own personal story. Uh, of how daunting it doesn't have to be if you decide to just face the challenge head on and go about it. Yes, so sir. one of the things that I would say though, how did you feel? So this was not an ebook; this was a, a published book. So oh, yeah. with, it, with it being published. How did the publishing um, deal go? Aspect go. Well, there are two different things that you could do. You can do a self-published book or you can do a publishing company. I did the self-publishing route because of the ownership aspect. I wanted to have 100% control over the words, over the design, over the chapters, when it would be released, when it would be uh, re-released and all of those different things. So I did the uh, self-published route. And it was, it, it, listen, it was so much, technology has even the score where actually anyone out there can be a publishing company, right? Anyone out there can be a publishing company. You have the access to the same thing that publishing companies happen, uh, have. Now you're going to do, you're going to have to do a lot of more groundwork uh, in regards to marketing, advertising, the creation of your books, the printing of your books, uh, the distribution of your books. And the getting the particular deals, but it's very rewarding because you control every aspect of. It. And I really believe, as an entrepreneur, listening to people like uh, Kevin Hart, listening to people like Oprah Winfrey, listening to people like um, what's my guy's name, like Tyler Perry, uh, who talk about the importance of ownership. I had to own it and do it myself. Got you, got you. So let's talk about the second book because you made a transition eventually to where you thought it was time to write another one. And now we're here and we're having this conversation. Now, what brought on the one? Let's tell the people what the name of the book is. And then two, what was your desire and your your feelings behind getting behind this book? Well, when you hear the title of book number two, and here's the backstory. The backstory is that I have about 20 years of educational experience. Uh, I, of course, taught all those different grades and I also became a staff trainer. So I trained students, uh, trained parents and also trained uh, teachers and administrators. And I've done several uh, big national conferences. And so we were going into the pandemic and I was in I'm working for myself. I was in um, entrepreneurial mode and. I'm always checking the environment because if you are going to be a business owner, you're going to be an entrepreneur. The main thing that you always need to do is think about how do I solve problems and how do I bring value to people? That's how you make money. How do I solve problems and how do I bring value to people? And so I asked the, the system principals that I knew, the principals that I knew, the central office staff, the superintendents. So what are you guys doing differently for uh, students, teachers, parents um, because of the pandemic? When you come back in the fall of 2020, what are you going to do? And 99 point percent of the time, they said, we're not going to do anything different. We're just going to start up school like everything was normal. I said, Lord, have mercy. And so I knew, Craig, I knew they was going to have so many problems 
So this book started to create itself because I knew I had to bring value and I had to solve a problem. So the name of this book is The Ghetto Grave Dodger, How Social and Emotional Learning Addresses Trauma, uh, improve, uh, Decreases Violence, and Improves Struggling Schools to address all of those problems. I knew people were going to come back traumatized because you've been locked in your house for two years. You haven't been able to socialize. You haven't been able to get in the groups of people with uh, that you're usually able to get with. You, you're going to be, some people are going to um, uh, experience housing insecurity, food insecurity. Uh, uh, there's, as statistics have shown, crime has gone up. Uh, so all of the people have lost their lives. Over a million people that are recorded having COVID have died. Not the people that have died who haven't been recorded who have COVID, right. but you know those people as well. And so you're gonna have this loss of life. Uh, people gonna come back traumatized. The other thing was we see all around the country from domestic violence, from suicide, from uh, there was even research that I saw that I put into the book uh, that I uh, first heard on NPR, how uh, teachers and other educational staff at school had been experienced heightened uh, episodes of violence from parents and from students. And so, and then you look at the, the, uh, the height in domestic violence, the height in violent crime around the country. I knew I had to address violence, right? And then the third piece was the struggling school piece the, the, the research just came out recently within the last, I think it's two or three months that said that for the first time in years that reading and math has gone down for all students, in particular, black students and other children of color. So, man, I, I had to do something to address the needs that I knew would be occurring. Uh, not just for people that were in the schoolhouse, but this is also a book for people that are looking for because we've all addressed trauma. And so even if you're not an educator, even if you're not a child, it talks about how it is that you can use social and emotional learning and emotional intelligence uh, to improve every area of your life. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great story when we uh, finish this one up, because I actually like I had questions like we when we first talked about this the first time um, I had questions about it as we were preparing for this uh, interview. And mm -hmm. I am just like, man, blown away because you actually, like you said, you can adapt what your your conversation to anything, anything a writer. Because like, and just for example, how we talked about it then was that, you know, addressing a new workplace, going mm -hmm. into a transfer into a new workplace that you've never <laughs> been in before or a new work environment completely oh makes it where you have to have this emotional and social intelligence uh, actually to the thrive to actually be better Absolutely. to actually do the job that you want to perform to the best of your ability and to me this is like a, a genuine conversation that like you said anybody can address across the board Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's that's why I talked about it, because when you look at the research, I mean, there's tons and tons of research about emotional intelligence from Daniel Goldman. There's tons of information about social and emotional learning from the collaborative of academic social and emotional learning uh, dot com called the, the website and the organization called Castle that talks about that those that have high social and emotional core competencies like self-awareness, being able to understand their emotion, self-management, being able to regulate their emotion and their po powerful feelings, like uh, social awareness, being able to be sympathetic and empathetic to others, especially those who are different than themselves and have different opinions than themselves, uh, relationship skills. You know, it. I mean, you just don't, have people that go to a job and they're the only person in the office. So right. you got to be able to work on the team. You got to be able uh, to communicate with people. And the last uh, core competency of social and emotional learning is responsible decision-making. And it's, it's using, you know, it's just sitting down, using those pros and cons, being systematic to make decisions that you know are not just good for the short term, that are good for the long term as well. Yeah, how do you how does how can one decipher that though? Like well, how what, what is things that they should take into consideration as they're deciphering some of these actions? Because I feel like that is a, a repetitive process. Like you got to get sets and rep to actually get to that point where Absolutely. you feel that need where you can actually uh decipher which way you should you should be looking at this. 
because the short term goals, everyone's going to say always that the long term is always going to outweigh the short term. But mm-hmm. sometimes short term impact is necessity uh, versus uh, long term success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think I like to start at the beginning. I like to th- I like to start with the mental part that will address how it is that you see uh, the world. You have to really be in charge and be in co- contact with your emotions. How do you feel? Why do you feel what you feel? I tell people always to ask two questions. How am I feeling and why am I feeling that way? Because a lot of times things can be going on in your life. You have to be metacognitive. And that means you have to oh, think wow. about Oh, wow. That's a big word. Hold on. Bring that back. Bring her. Hold on. That's my Fannie Mae word, dog. I'm still paying <laughs> student loans on that word, bro. Hey, whoa, whoa. Bring that one on back. <laughs> <laughs> so you, oh. and basically what that means, Craig, is you have to think about what you are thinking about. Okay. That's basically what it is. Think about what you are thinking about and how it is that it is making you because what it is that you think it's going to uh, impact what you say and what it is that you do. So you start there for, first, right? Because, you know, your attitude will determine your altitude. As a man think it, so is he. Um, uh, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Your mind is the key to all of your success. So you have to get in contact with your emotions. And then sometimes because like slow self-esteem and low self-confidence come into play is that I heard a, a speaker say, a motivational speaker say that you will not succeed higher than your self-esteem, right? Mm. You will not uh, uh, achieve higher than your self-esteem. And so when you have low self-esteem and low self-confidence, Everything that you do will be uh, impacted by those emotions. Then you go into the regulation and the resilience. What are you doing when, like this time of year, man, is a depressing time of year for for people based on their family outlook, based on their financial resources, based on their spirituality, man. If they aren't able to regulate it, you know, people will commit suicide. We're seeing celebrities who we think had it all going on this guy this brother from the ellen degeneres show committed suicide right because they're not able to process those powerful relationships but as we slide back to talking about uh making good decisions when you have those two things in the place right it helps you then be able to make good relationship and as you say man you are never you're never there in regards to being perfect, but the more reps, the more times you have to do it and that you see that the outcome was good for you, right? And you use this 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 process where if you have this goal and you have these goals, and I tell this to students and their parents and to anyone who I'm standing before, the question is this, how does this thought, how does what you're saying how does what you're doing align with the attainment of that goal? If what you are doing, saying, or thinking does not align up with the attainment of that goal, that helps you to 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 uh, intelligently, uh, to rationally and logically say, you know, that's not something I do. If I'm looking to lose 15 or 20 pounds, uh, eating a whole uh, cheesecake is not <laughs> in line with the goal I have of, of, of losing 20 pounds. I mean, it's real simple. Right. It is real simple in a lot of cases. Uh, some people, I feel like uh, they just confuse the situation um, in, the, in the midst of what they're actually going through, because everybody has a struggle, no matter what the struggle may be. It just depends on how you're going to evaluate and and overcome that struggle at that point in time. Absolutely. So, OK, so let's talk about this emotional intelligence. Right. Yes, and uh, let's see how we can you know, for the audience uh, connect this uh, to where I see. Uh, it feels that it needs to go. It's like for me, right? We're in a, a moment now where I'm in transition from military retirement coming uh, in lieu and then actually going full scale into real estate currently at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I have a heightened sense of, I have a heightened sense of urgency to make sure that I make the connections that I need to make and build the business pipeline that I want to make, but also not to take no shortcuts. Absolutely. How does one... Uh, manage that from your opinion? 
Right. One of the things that's really important as you talk about social and emotional learning and emotional intelligence, and they are virtually the same thing, but it's sort of like saying tomato, tomato. Right. Right. Uh, It's it's for for one group of people. SEL is what you will hear them talk about in the K through 12 context. And outside of the K through 12 context, you will hear them saying emotional intelligence. But what's the most important thing is what's called self-management. And that is where you are talks about your ideas of organization. You have to do the research. You have to. That's that's the essential key to success. You have a sense of anxiety and urgency about this transition in your life. And the best way to combat that anxiety and that urgency is preparation. Mm. Right. That the preparation is what you are in charge of. You can let me tell you something. And they talk about this. They talk about how. If you read one hour in your area of interest, your area of study, your area of work, one hour a day for a year, that's three hundred and sixty five hours of content information that you have. And you're going to find out that after a couple weeks and after a couple months that you're going to become an expert in that particular area. So the first place is get as much information as you possibly can. We've heard the adage before that when you know better, you can do better. And so that's why I start with any transitional area. Um, I heard another guy by the name of Brian Tracy. He said that usually problems, anxiety, and that urgency feeling comes from a lack of preparation. And when you have an obstacle that's in front of you, it's not that it's impossible. It's that you don't know how yet that it can be possible. And so it's up to you to learn what you need to learn to make it possible. Well, see, that's the thing for me, and I and I agree with the concept and the and and the quote because it does make sense. I look at it from the point of you know, like, damn, can I really sell that first house? That's how I really look at it, right? And I feel like you know, you break down that barrier of seeing whether you're bought, you help somebody buy, or help somebody sell, or help somebody invest. Mm-hmm. Once you see it, it's like, okay, now I know I can do it. It's cutting my teeth, and but you know, um, what I look at it as well too is that people, you have to get people to to commit to believing in you, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like when you're talking about certain things like uh, real estate, uh, financial wealth management, uh, mm-hmm. insurance, Big you have to get items. people. Yeah, you have to get people to say, you know, why should I trust you? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's the main thing. So it's not it's not even about like I guess the 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 preparation because the preparation can always be there, but that mm-hmm. preparation can only translate so much until you get the opportunity to show someone what you can do. Yeah, but here's the thing. The preparation goes into, there is a book called How to Influence People and something, something, something. I can't remember, but it talks about how do you build relationships with people and understanding that all success in life is the influence of people in salesmanship. That's all, no matter what job you've ever had, it's all influencing people, it's all persuading people, and it's all salesmanship. I don't care if you're in a relationship, I don't care if you at your job at McDonald's. I don't care where you are. You, the stronger the relationships you're able to build and to become a person that people can like. And I ain't talking about changing your internal values. I ain't right. talking about that. I'm talking about being an agreeable person. I'm talking about smiling. I'm talking about using what's called unconditional positive regard. When you come up and you just talk to people about things that are important to them. I'm talking about using a person's name in the, in the sentence and several times because that's one of the ways that you disarm people. I mean, this is science. It's social science. And when you learn these type of things, whether you're doing it from Sadler um, salesmanship training or you are using some other type of uh, persuasive or salesman training, it's how it is that you become a person that people like and that people trust. And people don't buy stuff. They buy people. Right. They're not going to buy a house from you, Craig. Craig, they're going to buy you. That's what they're going to buy. And what you're going to sell them is the house that they want. And see, that's my point. And you're you're right there with me. And this is like, if as a new agent, I get it. And I don't know how many newer agents don't get it or see it. But and I'm not trying to act like I'm, you know, on another level or scale higher than either newer agents. I'm just seeing it mm-hmm. from a point of where, like, it is a difference when you have a have a conversation with someone. And so, the you know, my problem is, Royce, is that 
I can't pick the phone up and call somebody for the first time and never met them and be like, hey, you know, how you doing? I know I just saw your address on such on Main Street was came available. And can I help you? Set? That, I don't, that don't work for me. What right. works for me is, is like I'm in person with you or we're having a video conversation and right. we 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 connect. We had this energy, this energy that says that we're synergistic together, where yeah. you can tell that I'm passionately capable to help you do what you need to be done. And yeah. that to me is where the the a lot of disconnect for me has come from. And my delivery over the phone seems like it's oh passe versus passionate, you know, like so. And let, let me let me let me let me have you think about this. All skills are learnable. That's one of the mm -hmm. things I talk about in the book, the, the Ghetto Grave Dodger, man. All skills are learnable. What you are doing is called cold calling people. And see, that is a skill to it, right? Uh, there is a way for you to do it. Now, what it is, what it sounds like to me, you just don't like to do it because you think that you sound a certain way. But you don't know how you sound, right? You actually <laughs> don't know how you sound. You are guessing. You sound that way and you have ascribed a feeling to what it is that you are doing. So, again, it is checking your emotions and checking your perspective on your skills. Now, it don't work for you because you are saying you just said now, there's a quote that says whether you can or whether you can't, you're probably right. That means that the idea about the process that you have in your head, whatever that process is, is usually going to be the determining outcome. So if you go into it and say, yeah, this is probably not going to work for me. Guess what, Craig? It ain't going to work for you. Yeah, but, I, you, but you know, I could actually do it, right? And I have yeah. done it. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, and I even, so I know how I sound, sound too, right? It's so funny that you said, I know how I sound, I record I record these conversations because that's that's just a, that's just the geek in me, right? I have to I have to make sure I understand and review what I said that could have went wrong, what a person gave me a Absolutely. no versus giving me a yes. So yeah. I, I I pay attention to all of it. It's just it's just like one of those things. Like Greg, you can fake it till you make it, dude. Come on, dude. Don't play don't play games with me, dog. Come on, dog. It's almost but, a new year. I'm not gonna let you. Oh, I'm man. Not gonna be on this podcast and let you give me that, dude. It is about skill, dude. It's it, when it comes down to it. Here's the thing: is that it's about it's about do you have the best interest of this person at heart? We right. know you're trying to make money. Right. We know that selling every house that there is a percentage of a fee that comes into it that goes into your bank account. We understand that. But the question is, are you really trying to help this person out? Are you really trying to make a situ a creative situation that is what Stephen Covey said, said in the seven habits of highly effective people? Are you creating a win win situation for you and your prospective customer? And if you're doing that, man. You can use whatever salesmanship taxes that, that you want. Now, of course, you have to identify yourself. What do you think that your skills are? You, you know you can do it, but you would like to be in person because that you could be more personable. Now, that there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, you can do it. And, I, you know, that's one of the things that I talk to about my students all the time, that the kids that I coach, man, they come into it with this self-confidence and self-esteem thing. And I'm not saying that that's what's what's going on with you, but I'm saying with them is that they come into it and they say that they have the outcome already defined. Don't have the outcome defined until you get yourself the tools, until you practice enough, because usually you nobody usually is good in the beginning at the right. most important things in their life. They just aren't right. You have to yeah. work. You think about a relationship. You think about a marriage. You think about you at your job. Like right now, I'm getting myself back in shape to start participating in what's called Masters Track and Field, which is age division track and field. And just like you, man, I get myself recorded. I look at myself and I go, Lord, have mercy. I got a long way to go. <laughs> but, you know, there's another saying that um, they say that a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. It does. And so, you know, that's the crazy thing, right? And I do, I had the first time I made a, a, a cold call or prospect or have you want to look at, mm -hmm. I did have the outcome defined in my head. Like I wasn't even expecting it. One, I wasn't expecting to answer the phone. Two, I was expecting to hang up initially. So as I answered the phone, it was a sweet little old lady who answered the phone. <laughs> and I and I got to talking to her. And you know what? She had been so flooded with so many phone calls about the selling of her property or coming to view her property that oh, she wow. just seemed like she was overwhelmed, that she didn't wow. even want. So, you know, like the passion in me was like, 
I'm about to make this old lady feel like she by the she can't mm-hmm. tell me no. Mm-hmm. And like I don't want to twist, I don't want her to feel like I'm twisting her arm because I really mm-hmm. cared about helping her. Right. But you know, so it's so that was my first experience, and I was just like, wow, like so yeah. that that wasn't expecting at all. So now, but you know, the typical conversation I get, and I had this conversation with my father uh maybe like two days ago. Yeah, and I said, you know, most phone calls go. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, I want to tell your house on, uh, I want to see if you want to sell your house on Main Street. Are you interested in that? Click. Like, so, yeah. So, 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 so like, that, that ain't it, dog. That ain't it. I'm going to hang up on you too. That ain't so, it. But no, that's how people call people nowadays. Right? Like, I know. Like, I know. Like, like, my pops call, he, my pops like, every time they somebody call me, they always ask, where am I going to move to? But you know, like, so you have the, the you have the, you have the disarm them really and truly, right? And that does come from having like that social intelligence or that and and lowering their emotional uh the emotional sensitivity at that yeah, point of time, and right? And because, anxiety and, yeah. and a lot of people one of the, one of the first things I learned, and I think it's from the Sadler salesman system, is that you gotta ask people the first thing you gotta ask people, did I catch you at a good time? Right? Do you have a do you have a couple minutes to talk? Right? You have to get that permission uh to speak to people. Right. And sometimes people just go in for the kill. And listen, listen, unless you are bringing value to people, you you got to ask yourself, I heard that you are selling your property. How can I help you in this process? Even if I can't sell it for you, what are some things that I can do uh, from the from from the perspective as a, a real estate agent to help you in this process? Bring me a buyer. Day, there it is. There it is. There it is. And when they say that, you start asking them the question in. So, what kind of buyer do you think will buy your home? Do, do you have something in your mind? Do you that you want? What are some of the when when I bring you this buyer? What are what what I'm, what what am I going to sell them? How am I going to sell them? What are the best parts of your home? How does your home look? What are what is the significant value? I mean, all of the things. Why would why would a person want to buy your home? You know, start asking them questions about how it is that this process, that this relationship that you are you and them are about to get into is going to be advantageous to them. That is the beginning to the success of all relationships. Man, you just broke down. I think you just gave coaching tips for free on this podcast. Like I was- <laughs> listen, you gotta listen, you gotta bring value, not I, listen, hey, all the nuggets is- I got. For the, the, the time that we're together, I won't drop them. You better pick them up. It's on you to pick them up. Hey, that that is definitively a nugget for anybody in sales, right? Like I really agree with you. Like, and I and you're you're right spot on because it's like you know you have to bring the value. Um, and a lot of people just don't know what their their social value is. How does one determine the social skills that they have that makes value? Well, I think <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, you can just you there, there are even self-assessments that you could use uh, for yourself. Uh, there are self-assessments that you could use. You could use opinions that you hear from people. If 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 a uh, hundred people say you got a bad attitude, most likely you got some poor parts of a bad attitude. It's not. Craig, listen to me. It, it, all of it ain't rocket science. Doc. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now there's sometimes where some people will be feel threatened by you and so they'll have negative responses but then there are other people on the flip side of people that feel threatened about you there are going to be some people that are going to adore you what threatens you in some people are is going to make other people adore you so when you hear that you know well it ain't that i got necessarily a bad attitude it's something about my delivery it's something about that so you have to be highly highly critical one of the things that people craig that are are very and I talk about this in my book that are very uh, reticent and reluctant to do is really look into the mirror and be critical of themselves, how they think, how they speak and how they be- behave in relationships with other people. And people don't want to do it because everybody wants to have a good uh, uh, a feeling about themselves that they do things right. And I think the, the vast majority of the success that I have had in my life, whether it was speaking uh, for the federal agencies, whether it was speaking abroad, whether it was um, uh, 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 getting to, to to people, the decision makers, I had to recognize what were my strengths and what were my weaknesses. And what when I was able to be clear about what those were, you can start to work on your strengths. 
to uh, to amplify your strengths and also to shore up your weaknesses. That is a process that we all should be participating in. And so when you start to do that, you then become a person who is more uh, cognizant and thoughtful about how it is that they speak to people. Some people don't know, dude, the way you're talking to people is real greasy and you need to change the way that you are talking. That's why people think you got a bad attitude because you don't know how to talk to people because you haven't been taught how to talk to people. So it's all about being really self-reflective. And then when you find the strengths, to find the weaknesses to improve on those. Do you find it that it's amazingly um, a shortage of kindness given to other people from other people? Man, listen to me. Listen to me. The success that I have been given in my life is not because I was smart. It wasn't because that I might, how I looked or how I dressed. It was because I was kind. It was because I was kind, because I came in, I came in smiling, I came in uh, with some levity, I came in trying to solve problems and answer people's issues, and that's the reason why people aren't as successful. People aren't servants of other people. If you become a servant to other people, you will always be rich in one way or the other. And if you put that into your um, idea as a real estate agent, for me as a speaker and as an author to other people, as a lawyer, to a dentist, as you are trying to serve other people and help them provide value to their life, people are always going to like you, want to have you around and purchase your products and your services. So kindness, man, being kind to people, being sympathetic and empathetic to the concerns of others. Too many times people are saying, well, I just got to figure, I just got to worry about me and my family. Okay, keep doing that. See how that work out for you. There's going to be a limited amount of business and uh, 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 people who are going to buy services and products from people like that. That is uh, that is powerful what you just said, because I feel I've been feeling this way for at least well, for a while, but really I've been pragmatic about uh, putting it out there a lot more about, you know, if you don't practice kindness, especially in the business of where you want to be an entrepreneur, who's going to want to work with you? Like, right. And who's going to want to partner with you in, in opportunities and things that, that you can actually build a product and a brand off of? And right. to me, that's um, that is a lack of that going around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I, I stand on the I stand on the heel of let's Let's be more kind to people so that way we can, you know, one better, be better, but then at the same time, provide each other more opportunities. So think about it, man. If you got a hundred people uh, out in a room and three of them are kind, they're usually going to be your highest salesman. They're usually going to be your people who have the most friends, the most invitations to come to parties. They're usually going to be uh, the people that have the most uh romantic interactions right they're going to be the people who are kind it's not going to be the people that are not kind man it's just not going to be them so what's next for royce well craig for me um i am uh, just upcoming in regards to what my, my work uh, i'm going to be at howard university on the 19th with a speech uh that is entitled uh, how SEL, social and emotional learning, and trauma-informed care can uh, improve academic achievement, uh, decrease inappropriate, uh, inappropriate uh, behavior, student behavior, and uh, enhance uh, educator self-care. So I'm going to be talking to a bunch of D.C. Uh, teachers in a program that's there at Howard University. The day before that, I'll be speaking at a federal uh, agency uh, one of the uh, agencies in the uh, intelligence community about uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King because of his um, observation date. Uh, I have like three of those that week. Then I have the uh, the the, um, the Howard hookup. And then, man, my book tour is starting up this year. So I'm going to be all over the country. And I just really got an a invitation to go back to London, England uh, in October because October is Black History Month in London, right? Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. Absolutely. So they're going to have me over as well. Man, and really just uh, the, what's next for me is putting myself in situations to provide value to people. So I got an online course for educators that's about to get launched. Uh, and then I also have some other things I'm working on in regards to bringing some products 
uh, to market uh, in the hemp and CBD uh, area. And so, man, I'm, I'm just trying to stay busy. Got you. That do sound busy. Like we started off talking about this conversation, but okay. So let's talk about projections. How do you, how do you, as we, cause we are, we got some time, but before we roll it, I want to get some more mm -hmm. answers out of you for, for people who are in business, right? Mm -hmm. How do you project um, your business plan going into the following years? So here, here's the, here's the thing. I'm a, I got a dirty little secret and it is awful. Craig, I got no business. I ain't got no business plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be hey, I had a pastor who said, "I'm gonna I'm live in the light, so you don't have to live in the dark." That's one of my that's one of my focuses for 2023 is putting together a substantial business plan for the things that I have. But here's one of the things I I I, I employ certain strategies that are part that that create the business plan. So it's not going to be hard for me. There's a guy named Biz, uh, Brian Tracy, and he talks about. Look at what your goal in regards to what you want to sell. I was just listening to a guy and this 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 uh, group of uh, business owners and business uh, coaches out of Atlanta, you know, the 30 and 40 year olds who are multimillionaires. And one of them was saying that if you could cr create three opportunities a week of about uh, five to six hundred dollars. That you can make yourself a, a, a over a hundred thousand dollars for the year if you do that all year. And when you look at it that way, then you realize that's not that hard, you know. You know because you know the 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 financial um, what I'll be making in the speeches are now is more than that, way more than that. And so you got to make sure that you. One, I mean, it's a powerful, powerful strategy. He said, if you want to make more money, you ask yourself. How many times are you in the presence of the person that is going to buy your product? If you only do that two times a week, do it four times a week. Mm. Do, it, do it more than you do it now. Uh, how many, if you make uh, 10 sales calls a week, do it 20 sales calls. And he calls it the, um, the power of frequency or something like that where you just increase the number of times that you put your product and service in front of people that are able to purchase it. He says that based on just numbers, statistics, and probability that it's going to increase your, um, your, uh, your bottom line. And so that's what I'm working on doing right now. I'm getting more emails out. I'm getting more calls out. Uh, I, I listen, I send out emails, dropping these nuggets to, I have thousands of people on my email list and I send out these type of things. I got a, a diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, email list. I have a K-12 email list and I send them emails providing value. What I would suggest for you, Craig, is that you put together, um, something like Craig's, uh, real estate tips where you send out every day, every couple days, every week, or create a newsletter, something that, that will help buyers in the real estate process. And there is something that a guy named Jeff Walker talks about in his book called Launch that talks about starting uh, new products and new services and how to set them up. It's, it's called a mental trigger. And when you give things people to people for free, they feel that they are, uh, they have a responsibility to reciprocate. So when you start providing that value, people are going to want to buy from you because you gave to them first. It's like planting the seed. It is like planting the seed. I, I agree to that. Um, that is uh, some of the things that I'm populating on my mm -hmm. business plan for uh, 2023. Mm -hmm. But they're like, you know, I'm doing them by quarters right now, trying to like stay focused on certain things. You know but what, dude? We, we need to be accountability partners, Craig. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta help me with this business plan, dog. I'm leaving money on the table, bro. And hey. I, I just don't want to do it, man. Because I, listen, I saw one of my boys uh, who was an educator. Now, here's a powerful story. He was an assistant principal working in Detroit Public Schools. A trainer came to one of their professional developments and the trainer came in talking about this, that, and the other. And my boy sat back and looked at him like this. And this is, this story is told to me. Both of these are my guys, but one of my guys told me the story about my other boy. He said, my other boy looked at this dude. He said, I can do that. He said, after the training, he went up and talked to that guy and, and picked his brain for like five or 10 minutes. He left out of the meeting as an assistant principal 
didn't come back. Did not come back, quit his job right then. Became a staff trainer, learned the game. I saw my friend make a quarter of a million dollars in about a month to about six weeks selling books to schools. Mm. Right? That's crazy. Listen to me. He learned his he learned his area. And so that's the construction of the book, right? I know that uh, textbooks and books being sold to schools is a billion dollar business. And I know that I that that out of the process, I'm gonna make 95% of the, the, the profits, right? I'm not gonna be getting 10% from a uh, a company. See, I know because what I did for the book. Uh, the ghetto grave dodge, and you can find it on uh, Amazon. Is that I went and I interviewed educators. I said, "What are some of the biggest problems that you're having?" I did that for my book, and I also did it for the construction of my online course. And mm. so I knew Craig what they what people wanted, and so I wrote a book and an online course to directly address what it is that they wanted. Right? Yeah, in content creation, we call that uh, answering specific questions. There, there it is, Doc. Yep. That, that's exactly what it is and so i did that so i know that it 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 addresses people's needs so me as a a content creator and as a, a one that's looked looking to service people in these different areas i need to create product this is that's the key what is the product that you are going to create that is going to that you can sell when you are not working or that's going right. to sell itself when you are not working that's the difference between being comfortable and the difference between being wealthy. I think people don't. Uh, I got two things. I'm. I was going. I'm. Gonna, I'm. Gonna follow this point up, but then I had another question. Was okay. that marketing is uh, is what people I think sleep on when it comes to content creation because marketing is happening while you're sleeping. Like that's what Coca Cola and Pepsi make so much money for is because no matter what time you turn it on, there's a Coca Cola or Pepsi commercial with somebody sipping right. a bottle of something from Coca Cola or Pepsi. So Bro. you got to think about it in the same sense of you got to get the same reps out there too, whether it's right. a hundred, a couple hundred, maybe one day it's a thousand, maybe hell one day, maybe be 20,000. Like I was telling somebody, I said, man, I made, I made Instagram real the other day, maybe like six months ago. Now I didn't even know that thing had 20,000 wow. views on, it, but it had wow. 20,000 views. It's probably one of my best ones period. And sure. like, you know, a period people have millions and millions of uh, things, but I'm just like, if I would have known that then, what I know now, the right, content right. I would have made on top of that would have yeah. been capitalizing on that momentum that it already generated. Absolutely. So you got to just kind of figure out what your marketing scheme is with it. But now my other question to you is, how do you and other people who are getting into entrepreneurship figure out what is their value in, in payment? Man, dude, if that ain't, that's the best question of all time. Uh, and so what you got to do is I'll, I'll give you, for instance, I work in the, the federal agency um, sphere. And one of the things that uh, is open to me to help me with that is, is the research. How much they pay people like me is not a secret. It can't be a secret because the federal government is a public is a public space. And so what I did, I did Freedom of Information Acts to over 100 different agencies to ask them how much the people that come in that make uh how much did you pay them that did Black History Month? How much did you pay them that ML did MLK? How much did you pay them that did diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility training? How much did you pay them? And so I had all that information. And so what you have to do is you have to do your research in those particular areas and get around the people. That's why I talk about mentorship in regards to only quality people. Craig, if you're going into an area where you're selling real estate, who are your real estate agent friends who are successful, right? You got to get your, your, your get around those people. And then something. And another thing that we're going to have to do and talk about and be quite frank about, bro, is that all of those people are not going to look like us. Who are going right. to help you? Right. Some some folks that are going to help us ain't going to look like us. And we not got to be open uh, for that type of help. And then humbling ourselves just to ask the question, how do I do that? For me, that's what I did. I got friends who are in the space. Like I, I literally have. I got to have 10, 15 friends who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. Right. And so what I do is I put myself in their space. Like, for instance, uh, when I talk about the course creation, 
uh, when I talk about what I'm doing with my book, I bought an online course from a buddy of mine who's lived in here from Detroit, who's now a circle, part of that circle of multimillionaires that are down there in Atlanta. And one of those multimillionaires had these vaulted, you know, ceilings, beautiful house, looked like it was about, you know, 8,000 square feet. They just over there chilling, having a good time. And, and, and I had been, I had just started following her and she dropping gems, dropping nuggets, you know, just like the stuff that you say that I was dropping. She, I mean, she was dropping them heavy and she's, you could tell that she's very affluent. And then they had posted a picture in her Instagram feed and my boy who I had bought the course from was right in the picture. I said, oh, so what he learned in the course and sold me is what he learned from them other millionaires. So what he gave me was a template that I have to uh, adapt for my product, for my service, for my goals, and then I could generate this type of money too. Some of them jokers, man, making thirty, $70,000 a week, Crazy. right? Yeah, brother. So um, uh, you have to you have to do your research and and put yourself in the space. Not and I was like my everything I do has a uh, has a perspective or has a goal to it. The church that I go to uh, is like basically a church for business owners, and so we talk okay. about business all the time. One of one of the guys at my church was doing some research. You know who Sheldon Adelson is, right? Sheldon no, Adelson no. one of the richest, richest men in the world. At one time, he was the third richest man in the world. Billionaire. He's one of the Jewish guys who uh, who donates to a lot of Democratic causes. So my guy was doing research. So he called Sheldon Adelson's company, right? He called Sheldon Adelson's company, this multi-billionaire who got gatekeeper after gatekeeper after gatekeeper. And he didn't call to say, I want some money. He said, I want some mentorship and to ask Sheldon Adelson a couple questions. The lady, his secretary said, uh, he doesn't really do that. 10 minutes later, the third richest man on the planet called my boy back and said, how can I help you? You what? Sheldon Adelson called my boy back and asked him, how can I help you? And the thing, he was so shocked. He didn't really know what to say, but that is the situation. I heard T.D. Jake said he got into the presence of Tyler Perry, of Jerry Jones. You, We got to get into the process. See, we don't understand that powerful people, they... they it is so incredible that these people look for people sometimes to mentor. And we think that they are standoffish. And many times they will talk to you. Uh, what's that book called? Uh, by It is called uh, one of the best business books written by Dale Carnegie. Um, no, it's not written by Dale Carnegie. It is you. Are, it was written like in the 30s or 40s. This guy, he uh, goes and he interviews all of these uh, millionaires. And over the course of time, these millionaires tell him it's like one of the best-selling uh, business books of all time. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's one of them. What's, what's the artist of the name of that? That's Dale, that's Dale Carnegie. Now, Dale Carnegie was interviewed by this guy. Uh, the people they're gonna know the name this who I'm talking about. Well, but, leave it in the comments. Definitely leave it in the comments of the video. What book you talking about? As absolutely. we find out which one it is. Absolutely, and it's gonna come to me when we get off. But anyway, it's just a collection of interviews of successful people, and so get yourself into into the um, arena and sphere of people who are more successful than you are. And if you're the most successful person in your area. You in too small of an area. Yeah, I agree. That's what one of the things that says. Uh, you know, you look at the circle of friends, and if you're the 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 biggest piece, the biggest fish in that pond, that means you're in the wrong pond, right? Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I do I do agree with that, uh, and that's that's hard too, right? Because yes, because you you do have this you have to seek out those those, right. those bigger fish to actually 
and then hope they let you into the pond with them kind of really absolutely and so it, what it does it, it boils down to relationships man when a person has say for instance they got a i don't play golf but a lot of of business and a lot of mentorship happens on a golf course and so sometimes if they're having the uh, fundraiser for xyz's like the ford fund is having a, a a golf fundraiser you need to go you need to go to uh these political things where uh people people i mean if you look at my facebook page man you're gonna see me with uh you you're gonna see me with uh cory booker you're gonna see me with roland martin you're gonna see me with uh hakeem jeffries it's because i put myself in the space of those people and then think about it you can if you get into the space of a of a Roland Martin of a of of, of a Cory Booker just you ask Senator I got I got two one question to ask you if you can boil down how all of your success happened for you what are some things that you could tell me in one minute dude that can change your whole life because sometimes there is an issue that you need to resolve that could change your whole life and and make you a multimillionaire man so. Put yourself in the right spaces to get the right mentorship. Yeah, you're right. Is that book Thinking Grow Rich? That's it. All right. Cool. I, I wanted to make sure we, we settled the debate on what that book was. Absolutely. It's Think and Grow Rich, bro. Think All right. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was written in 1937. Yes, sir. All right. That's there it is. We got that. So if you didn't leave that in the comments, you was wrong. You that's won't right. Get a, that's right. You won't get a $5 gift, gift card from Starbucks today. That's right. That's right. And this is what's <laughs> crazy. You can go on to YouTube and listen to the audiobook. It's on oh, YouTube wow. right now for free. That's interesting. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna listen to it. And, and the book that you mentioned about uh influencing Dale, people, yeah, that Carnegie. On, yeah, that's on an audio book that's for free on YouTube as well. Okay, and that one is how to win and influence people for those who listen to this in audio. So uh I definitely um I definitely like this conversation because one, we do definitely need to be accountability partners because we Absolutely. always need somebody to keep us accountable, right? But then Absolutely. two, um I think I was going to follow this up with not only understanding about how to demand what it is that you should be offered and paid for your services, mm -hmm. but how do you continue to get repeat business? Mm. It's, it's providing service. I took a, I took an online course, man, from a guy. Uh, what was my guy's name? Mm. What is his name? Well, it, it'll come to me at some point. Um, I took an online course and he talked about salesmanship. He talked about what he did with the sale, uh, with his salesmanship. He said, and he was, a, he was in the educator space doing, uh, working with schools as well. He said he would take a picture of the contact person that brought him in that made the decision to have him come in. He would, he would take that picture, put it on a mug or put it on a bag or put it on a sweatshirt. And send it to them at Christmas time, or other, or one, or Mother's Day, or something like that. He would do something outside of what they um, what they ask for, and that's another key to repeat business. Always do more than what you get paid for. A lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to understand that. They're like, dude, I'm working eight hours. You getting eight hours of work at work? You paying me for eight hours? But people who uh, who continue to rise. And I talk about this in my book, the ghetto grave dodger, man, how that I got, um, uh, promotion after promotion after promotion, because I was doing more that people were expecting from me. And I wanted to do it because I was providing value to my, my students, to my parents and to staff that was there. So I continually got promotions. And so when you do that, when you provide that type of value, if you sell a house and you leave a bouquet of roses, uh, or you do something that that's not expected from you. You, I mean, change the lock. I don't know what you could do. I, that's that ain't my area, but right. something that you know ain't your business that you <laughs> do to help somebody else to make their house better. Uh, you know, buy like you know, you know, go to 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 to, to Lowe's and, and buy you know five locks that uh, lock, locks with the keys to them and just leave it there for them. This is my gift to you for being a blah 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 blah. If they don't buy from you, right, they're going to say, my guy, Craig, who sold me this house, you need to go holler at him. They're going to say, not that he was a great agent. They're going to say he was a good guy. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's what you really want, right? You really want, 
I really think people, uh, really successful agents in the business, uh, and really probably pretty much really successful salesmen get has a referral program that just outlasts them so long that they they can just keep on doing business just off the referral business alone, and that makes them hella rich and successful yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and that's really what what service is all about. Coming back to a roundabout way of saying it again, services, right? So. Royce, I like this conversation. We can talk for hours, man. We can keep people here engaged and more yes, likely. We probably need to run this back soon uh, on a different uh, subject, different matter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be way more to go through. I know you're a busy person, but maybe we can get you back on the podcast for another episode Absolutely. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a roundabout way. So let's um, let's close it out, though. Let's talk about how can people get in contact with you if they want to get in contact with you. Absolutely. Well, e email-wise, it's my uh, name. Royce Kenny Brew at gmail.com. That's R O Y C E K I N N I E B R E W at gmail.com. My website is Royce Kenny Brew. Uh, it is uh, uh, it's Royce Kenny Brew.com. Uh, my other website is T H E R D K. G-R-O-U-P.com, which is the Kenny Brew Group.com. And then you could go and buy my book, uh, The Ghetto Grave Dodger, How Social and Emotional Learning Can Address Trauma, Decrease Violence, and Improve Struggling Schools on uh, Amazon. And uh, that's how you can get in contact with me, man. I Listen to me. Uh, for folks that are looking for success. I got more than one online course that's coming. I got one for educators, but then I, I'm going to have one for business owners and for entrepreneurs. Uh, and man, I listen, I'm going to break this thing down. Uh, I'm going to teach people how to get government contracts. I'm going to teach people how to position themselves uh, so that they can make tons of, 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 of dollars with funnels, uh, with with their social media, because I, I had to take this these courses, and after I learned this information, I definitely wanted to get it out to people uh, as as much as possible. So they'll be seeing me uh, soon out there in in cyberspace. So that's great, and we're going to link to all that information that Royce uh, gave in the show notes on the podcast or show notes in the uh, YouTube description that you're going to see too. So I really want to say I appreciate this conversation, and yes, I enjoyed sir. it, and I hope that everybody with business acumen, business entrepreneurship, or even some type of business um, future future endeavors that they want to get into with aspirations, looking to this information that you provided today, and and, and love the nuggets that you gave. And man, I appreciate the time that you've given to me today in this podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Last book, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, it's called Emotional Intelligence by uh, Daniel Goldman. Go and read that book it, that, and his podcast uh, can change your life. So that's all I got today. We're going we're gonna to check that out too. So stand by for me real quick, Royce. Hey, so there it is. We have another video done, another podcast done. If you listening to this, I appreciate it. Hey, definitely go ahead and check out everything that Royce left you with a link for down in the description to actually get his information. Really go and support the book. Uh, it's a movement that he's actually passionate about and you can actually get a lot of value out of. Hey, definitely if you found value in this content, definitely hit the like button. Don't forget to comment and let us know your favorite part of the interview with Royce and some of the details that you liked about what Royce dropped us with today. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel as well too. So that way you can be notified each and every time I drop another hot podcast like this and you know what the time it is. We'll catch you in the next video. Y'all stay safe. Peace.